Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to The Chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry, and I'm very happy to have in studios with me a longtime friend, Christian brother, minister in our community, and Rick, Rick Lohorn's with me. Rick, God bless you, brother. Thanks for being here, man. It's good to be here. I've looked forward to this conversation. I really have. Well, um, and uh, we we go back a ways and share some things together, and uh, and I know our audience is going to be fascinated by the by your life story and by the way God continues to use you to advance His kingdom. And I appreciate you well, willing, so. willing to t- uh, sh- tell us that and share that with us. Um, there's so much ground to cover here, and I, I, I don't know where to start or stop. Let's let's just let's just wind the cl- walk, clock all the way back to, uh, as we say in the country, how you were raised. Was yours a uh, by the way, uh, Rick is a missions pastor at uh, Stephen Street Baptist Church here in Cookville, has had a lot of responsibilities through the years at that church and in ministry. That's his role at this point in time. We're going to cover that kind of gra- a lot of that ground as we have our conversation with Rick today. But let's let's back up to uh, when when did I mean were you raised in a in a Christian atmosphere, Christian home? How did that how did that happen for you? Well, I'm uh, a Tennessee born and raised. I always lived here. Uh, my father and mother were uh, were in church, but not regularly. So uh, we kind of we were kind of uh, Easter going uh, Christians. Um, but I, uh, I, uh, they would have said I was a Christian as a as a young a young person, but uh, I really didn't become a Christian until I was twenty six. So, so it was kind of a you know a, a Christmas a Christmas Easter kind of attending church and that yes, sort of thing. Okay. Yes, uh, and I I was like I said I went through everything that children uh, go through in the church and uh, was baptized when I was ten, uh, but I was not a Christian. I see. Well, what happened in your twenties? Well, I went through a college. I was the first person in my family to get a college degree at Tennessee Tech uh, in engineering and. Uh, and I was working in Chattanooga uh, in a in a small construction company that helped develop, and um, and we were really looking for a, a place uh, to meet some uh, people to help help us with our children. Uh, we had two uh, two babies really, and uh, my wife tells the story differently. But I was really looking <laughs> for babysitters, and uh, we were visiting churches. And uh, through that process, uh, I heard the gospel and uh, and became a Christian. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So you were looking for a babysitter. Was it was it like a Christian a daycare or Christian? Uh, you no, just, no, you, we were you, just you looking. were looking for one thing and found something better, even yes, more. Yes, yeah. I, I was. I was not searching for God. Don't get me wrong. I right. was. Uh, I was looking for just to meet some good people, and we felt like we'd find them in churches, and it didn't matter what the church's name was, and one Sunday morning, I went to the first uh, Baptist church I'd ever been in, and uh, it was a church of about uh, three or four hundred, and uh, felt like I was the only person in there. And uh, God, uh, God touched me. Wow, what a story! Yeah, I was, I was like a truly born again experience. I, I was, uh, I was changed. You know, you know, I went through uh, uh, the same kind of, you know, at six, seven years old. Uh, we had some services at our church. I went down, my friends did, uh, knelt at the altar, uh, got baptized, but nothing really happened on the inside, and I knew it. 
but it was it was it was years later when I, I was in my teens and when when I received Christ as my Savior and when I got up that time I, it was like I had a shower on the inside. I mean, you knew that you knew that you knew something was different and something. That's that, that's what happened to me. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my life, my uh, the things I wanted to do, the things I, uh, my life started to change. Everything, a whole re- redirection and desires in my life. It was. Uh, like I said, like Jesus said, I was truly born again. <laughs> yeah, you were you were a married man with children at the time of that happened. Uh, Amy and I had been married for uh, seven years, and we had uh, two children. We got married really young when we were nineteen, just out of high school. Yeah, and uh, how did that impact? Uh, how did that impact your wife, your family? What did you say? Did they, were they were, were she was there when it happened? Well, Amy was a, a Christian. Uh, she became a Christian through the ministry of uh, Cumberland Presbyterian Church in our community when she was young. I I pulled her away from that, uh, and so she hadn't been in church for years. But when I became a Christian, it was a challenge for her uh, because of the differences in Baptists and Cumberland Presbyterian. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, after a while, uh, she uh, fell back in love with Jesus. Yeah. So. So life, life, life began to change in a, in a big, big way. We both, everything in our life became about the church. Wow. We, uh, we did, we didn't do anything outside the home with our children, uh, that wasn't in some way involved with the church. So when you got saved, I mean, you read, it, it, it really did, uh, you, everything, it was a new priority. Everything, everything, everything was, changed. Yeah. Everything changed. Well, what, talk about, okay, now talk about what happened from there. So you, you had a background, you got your, your degree was in engineering. Yes. And you were working with an engineering company. Well, I was actually working uh, with a, a construction company that had helped build. I see. And then, and then you came to Christ. Talk about redirection. Well, uh, you know the the company I was with, I was a pretty major part, and uh, was uh, had become president of it. Was a corporation. We were working in sixteen different states. It was a very busy uh, company. Um, you know, the redirection was that uh, you know my uh, my life was not always all sold out for work anymore. So uh, with a season, uh, things changed, and uh, eventually. As uh, as it happens with some, uh, when I was in my early 30s, uh, God uh, spoke to me and said he wanted me to do something differently. And so uh, I left the construction, uh, thought that God was going to uh, put me in a church somewhere or put me on the mission field, but that didn't happen as quickly as I thought it was going to. So I started another company, built churches in Chattanooga for a while. And, uh, and, uh, but that wasn't what God wanted me to do long term. So I ended up going back to school, getting my PhD here at Tennessee tech. And, uh, after I finished my PhD, uh, God, uh, um, gave me a position there and I taught engineering for 10 years. So, 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 and you knew, and you, so you, uh, went, went, you went back to school, but you, and you went back into engineering, but you knew in your heart of hearts that that was not, that was not long term. Well, I had I had settled in my mind that God wanted me to be a minister in, as a lay person. Yeah. So I became a part of the of a church here in in Cookville, uh, Washington Avenue Baptist Church, and yeah. was uh, was worked with the pastor there. And I thought that was going to be 
what I was going to do long term, but God showed me later that he wanted me to do something differently. There's a whole lot more to the story, and I'm anxious to have our audience know about it uh, as, as your life has progressed uh, in the Lord and in ministry. Uh, my guest today on the chat is my friend Rick Lohorn. We're back with more in just a moment. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry, my very special guest in studio today, missions pastor at Stephen Street Baptist Church, Rick Lohorn. Rick, quite a story. So you knew in your heart of hearts that uh, that some kind of ministry that, you know, I got to ask, you know, having gone through the same thing myself, not in engineering, but different phases of life, how'd you know that? I mean, how did did you hear something audible? Did you see a burning bush? Did did ten people walk up and tell you? How'd you know in your knower that that's where your life needed to go? Well, let me. I want to be clear. Okay, every Christian is called. You yes. Know, uh, yes. And you know, uh, Paul wrote in the uh, in the letter to the Colossian church that uh, everything we all do as Christians is to be done as unto the Lord. And uh, and he says in a text there in Colossians that uh, we serve our Lord Jesus Christ. So every Christian is called in a major way. You know that we're Protestant. Uh, we don't believe that pastors are are uh, you know uh, looking over us as God, but they're part of the body. But they they are called uh, in a special way. And uh, so I, I knew that it happened to me in my 30s. I just didn't know. I, I, was, I was at tech for 10 years, and I was five years away from being fully vested in my retirement. <laughs> and something happened. Uh, we were at Stephen Street Baptist Church, and uh, I was a member there serving as a deacon. And uh, the pastor uh, who was there at that time was Jimmy Arms. And he had asked me uh, to come up with a plan for discipling making disciples so yes. as a uh, as a professor uh which i believe is maybe the best secular job in the world i took the summer off and uh and read the scripture and studied the scripture and came up with uh what i thought the scripture said about disciple making and presented it to him and the associate pastor tim frank and jimmy looked at me and uh asked me that day he said rick do you uh do you think God ever called you uh, to be uh, a full-time minister, a pastor? And I told him the story that I just shared with you. Wow. But I told him, hey, I'm 50. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I said, I'm just I'm not far away from being fully vested in my retirement. And he said, we've been looking for someone for three years. And all of us here, all of the pastors there at that time, had come to the uh, mindset that they felt like God had brought me there for, to fill that position. And uh, so it was a uh, prayerful consideration. I had to leave the best secular job in the world. Five years away from being <laughs> five years in retirement. And, and let that go. <clears throat> and uh, so challenge for me and my wife. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, it came down to Amy and me. That's your wife. Yes. Uh coming to the same mind i don't believe god calls a man without calling his wife i believe it's a uh, it's a call together and uh so i was waiting to to hear her and we were uh, uh, we left it we didn't say we would do it and time was passing they were looking to fill that position and she and i were up in the mountains driving and she looked at me and she says rick uh what do you hope our children remember about us just a clear question out of the blue yeah 
<clears throat> it's all, I get emotional wow. thinking about it. Uh, but I told her without question, I hope our kids remember us as always doing exactly what God asked us to do. Doesn't matter what it is, Man, but we do it. What a question. And she said, I believe you need to, you need to leave tech. And, uh, uh long story cut short, I've been there 18 years on staff. So. Wow. So you at fifty at age fifty, which is not terribly old, but it's not spring chicken either. That's not. Uh, but and you walked away from that into uh, basically a disciple discipleship program at, at Stephen Street Baptist Church. Yes, at that time I was in charge of all the group ministries, all the adult ministries. Uh, was spread thin, uh, doing the, a lot of the mission work and the care ministry also. Uh, and uh, since then, my role has been. Uh, defined more specifically, and I'm glad uh, as uh, as the missions pastor. You know, there's so many things that I, I want to ask you. We got one more segment after this, but uh, the uh, you know it, it, the matter of faith. You know, engin- I thank the Lord for engineers and their problem solvers. We need them. I mean, Amen. we we need them. You know, I'm not one of them, but thank the Lord for them. But uh, but sometimes the training of an engineer, I don't know how to phrase this, Rick. It I don't say conflicts, but it's hard for them to make that transition into into a faith perspective. Am I making sense? Did you go through any of that process? I love talking to engineering students because I know how they think. Yeah, you do. Uh, you know, I uh, I had to uh, very specific. They like detail. Yeah. Uh, they're problem solvers. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, uh, they like, they're, you know, they're very strongly task oriented people. Yes. And, uh, and so when you present something to them that's an issue of faith, um, the first thing, and this happened to me, uh, I just wanted someone to show it to me. Uh, you know, I, my response to my brother when he tried to share his faith with me before you I became your, your biological brother. Yes. He, uh, I told him, I said, listen, I can't put my hands on it and touch it. So how in the world can you believe in something you can't see or there you go. feel? And that's the engineering side. Yes. Of it. Uh, so I love talking to uh, engineering students. I love talking. Actually, that's in, in a general sense the way men think because men are very task-oriented people, and God created them that way. But engineer people in the engineering profession, in the in the professional world, uh, you know, want you to prove it. Uh, so, uh, you know, when it comes to knowing like it happened to me, it's, it's a God thing. Yeah. There is, there is no way that, uh, a person can be born again unless God touches them. That's exactly and, right. Uh, and so, uh, you, you will know when God is drawing you. And Jesus Christ said that he said, no one comes to me unless the father draws them. And uh, it happens that way. So, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about my own life, Rick, uh, in business for myself most of my life. Uh, and then after my mom had cancer, we got exposed to the hospice work. And uh, I ended up getting on the board of Lazarus House Hospice. You may, may remember Stephen and as a volunteer. And, and I felt a drawing to become a chaplain. And I was past 50. And, uh, and I asked him, what does it take? And he said, well, he said, you've got some of the background that they like to see, but Medicare, who pays the bills, requires your, our chaplains to have master's degrees in counseling or ministry or something like that. I thought, dear Lord, it took me long enough to get my bachelor's in, in political science and history. 
uh, and I thought I sat on it for a year, just sat on it for a year, prayed about it, and finally moved away and got the degree and came back. And uh, but but you know that you know that you're supposed to do that. You yeah, you do. That. And I and I tell you that it a, a good point to discuss is because engineering's difficult. I got my PhD, that was difficult. Working construction was difficult, but being in the ministry, uh, the most challenging thing I've ever done in my life. And we're going to talk more about that with Rick Lohorn, who's our guest today on the chat. You stay with us. We're back on the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry, my very special guest in studio today, my friend, missions pastor at Stephen Street Baptist Church in Cookville, uh, Rick Lohorn. Rick, and, and so we were talking about your transition from being uh, on the faculty at Tennessee Tech as an engineer, being trained as an engineer, uh, and how engineers are problem solvers and, 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 and want to be, you know, just show it to me. Show me the facts. Show me the data. Uh, and you had you said you had that conversation with with someone else just recently. The conversation centered around, and I was sharing with you earlier about uh, how we have a what we call a ministry cohort. Uh, those uh, these are people in our church who um, you know are are trying to discover and define. They feel like God's calling them to do something, and uh, so uh, the conversation was about uh, you know this is a very serious thing you're considering. And that uh, no matter what you do in life, you you can have positions, you can do jobs, and God can call you to do that. Um, being clear, like I said, all Christians are called. Uh, you know, we're actually uh, image bearers of God uh, in Christ. Uh, so, uh, but when you are a pastor and you're put in a position of oversight uh, and equipping, uh People's lives are in your hand, and uh, it's not like engineering. I can, pro- I can solve a problem and pass it on, or if someone's working for me, I can fire them if they don't do their job. Not like that in the ministry. You're working with people where they are because you're an instrument of God to help them in a better way understand him and understand who they are and mm. how God might use them. And uh, so you're working with the, with the lives of people and that uh, that goes beyond uh, engineering. Uh, even though you're working with people, you don't have to meet people where they are. Uh, so uh, God changes you as a pastor uh, uh, because we're weak. Uh, we uh, we tend to even as uh, as as human all humans do want our way, and uh, and and yet we got to meet people where they are. So and you know this. Uh, you know, you've worked close with people that uh, in the ministry, uh, you're uh, you're a servant. Uh, you're yes. uh, you're not uh, you're not lording over people, uh, but you're uh, you're a servant of people and you're trying to help them. And that uh, that's a challenge to to the core of who we are. Hardest, most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. And yet at the same time, I think I don't want to put words in your mouth. The most fulfilling. Yes. Yeah, yes. the most fulfilling. You know, you come back, there's so many things there. You come back to this, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, a couple of the disciples, uh, you know, were having a conversation with Christ and their mother was involved. And he said, wait a minute. You, he said, you want to be the greatest of all? Be the servant of all. And that's that's the way you that's the way you approach things. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was a member start part of Stephen Street Baptist for a long time and worked in the care center up there. Yes, and you you, you headed that up during those days, and and and, and it, it's a it, it's about servanthood. That's what it's about. It is what well, Jesus taught his disciples who were struggling with that. 
at the uh, Lord's Supper. Yeah. You know, he they were sitting there talking about who which one of them was going to be the greatest yeah, in yeah. heaven in glory. And Jesus turned around and washed their feet. Yeah. And uh and caught them off guard but demonstrating to them this is really who you should be. Uh no matter what your role is, uh you need to remember that you're here to care and to serve people and and touch them uh you know, I'm not Saying you got to wash their feet, even though it may take that. Uh, in a sense, you're to serve people and to care for them. And uh, they, in the very presence of the Son of God, were demonstrating the battle we all fight. And that is, I want my life to be about me. And, uh, and we struggle with that. Uh, just centered, self-centered life. Uh, and and in, in every sense. Uh, you know, they, and but yet God, through Jesus Christ, gives us the ability, like I said earlier, to to bear His image before people. Yeah, and uh, you know, man was created in the image of God, and could do that, but uh, chose His path. Adam and Eve uh, chose not to listen to God, and when that happened, the image fell. But through Jesus Christ, uh, you know, we can demonstrate to people a love that only comes from God. And uh, so uh, that's, uh, in a a sense, the way all Christians are. But uh, pastors, people who are in the ministry, uh, they are are in a special way equippers and helping people to do that, to be Christians. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm hearing what you're saying. It's really so powerful. My mind keeps going back, Rick, to the tipping point of the whole thing when when, when you and your wife were wherever you were at the time, right? yes. and, and Amy, and she says, and you're, and you're, I don't want to use the term struggling, but you're weighing this, you know. You have this uh, in front of you at Stephen Street. Uh, you got the 10 years as a professor at Tennessee Tech, engineering background, and, your, and the tipping point came when your wife said, Rick, what do you want our children to remember about us? Yes, you know, and you could you could say how's that connected? Anything going on? But it was it was it was central yes. to your process. I mean that that was such. It, I got goosebumps. It's, it's like it was such a defining moment. I and I and I uh, and apparently you didn't have to struggle with that. I mean that answer came pretty pretty quickly out of your no, mouth. No, it it uh, you know there was that was a big change in our life. You know, uh, and it, and. It, the biggest thing we were struggling with is the finances of it all. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I was leaving a great job and engineering profess, uh, professors. I mean, not they're not they're not millionaires or, or do anything like that, but they do get paid well. Yeah, and it they, takes a great engineering school. And the benefits are wonderful. Uh, and so we were leaving leaving that, and uh, so it was a struggle. But uh, I, I tell you another tipping point. In that, in that whole process, and this is hard for us, for us to receive in our culture, especially we're so we have so much. Uh, Jimmy Arms, the pastor that asked me, uh, Rick, you ever uh, you believe God ever uh, called you? Uh, he helped me through that also when he told me. He says, if you let money be the thing that uh, controls and uh, directs your decision, you're going to always make the wrong decision. 
Now that's strong. And uh, because we want to look at that income as our source. Absolutely. It's a vehicle, not our source. That's and 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 that what Amy had done topped off with that cleared the path and I knew uh I had to leave tech. Rick, this has been so so good. Uh we're gonna we're gonna do this again next week, okay? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to have had Rick Lohorn, my friend. Uh, missions pastor at Stephen Street Baptist Church with us today. Happy to have you also join us next week, same time, for the chat.